press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Wednesday, December 14. Conspiracy theories and a devastating loss of life. Australia is reeling from the murder of two police officers at a remote Queensland property. Gunman Gareth Train was shot dead along with his wife and brother after their attack on police. Train had posted conspiracies about the Port Arthur massacre, the Catholic Church and COVID-19 online before his death. A national gas reservation scheme is on the cards as Anthony Albanese locks horns with energy giants. Shell and Woodside are demanding the government drop its plans for price caps and reservations. That's all aimed at preventing huge spikes to household power bills. And the coalition's also on the attack, saying the poor Australians will be much worse off under Labor's plans. The report makes some horrible reading because of the kinds of errors that have been made, but all of that's going to be attacked in the near future. That was the voice of Commissioner Walter Sofronoff, KC. He handed his final report from a $6 million commission of inquiry into DNA testing to Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk yesterday. And the findings are damning. In today's episode, what it all means for the future of crime fighting and who will answer for the lab's systemic failings. Plus, later in the episode, the whistleblower who brought this story to life. Lies, vendettas and a culture of control. Commissioner Walter Sofronoff KC has made devastating findings against the DNA lab that was supposed to catch rapists and killers. Queensland's lab was first exposed by The Australian. Now it'll be dismantled and stripped from the Department of Health, then recreated as an independent agency with just one aim, to properly test crime scene evidence. I was astounded at what I found. Sofronov found the lab had created a real risk of miscarriage of justice. In the new setup, scientists will be empowered to work closely with police to help solve crimes. Results will be reviewed before they're reported to police, and they'll be overseen by experts from across the criminal justice system. Sofronov says retesting or further testing could be required in potentially thousands of cases. There will now have to be a review of thousands of cases. So the first step will be to establish a set of principles, some of which I've suggested, a set of principles, criteria, to determine the samples in which cases ought to be tested. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk said she won't shy away from the mammoth task of restoring the public's faith. The government is absolutely committed to reform the reform agenda to restore confidence in the justice system. And paramount of all of this is justice for the victims. Kathy Allen, the lab's boss, who was stood down in September, has been singled out as the single biggest problem. During her evidence, Kathy Allen complained that she'd been portrayed as a Disney villain. But the commissioners found that she lied to police, to her bosses, to the government, to staff and to him under oath at the inquiry. He also said she'd pursued a vendetta against scientists who tried to blow the whistle. 
singling out the case of sexual assault samples being badly mishandled. Another case like that arose and the supervisor took it to management and nothing was done. So she agitated and agitated and got into trouble for agitating. The scientist who raised this issue was hounded out of a job. The report says police were grossly misled. The lab wrote an options paper that was so scientifically perplexing that police officers didn't fully understand what they were agreeing to. The paper recommended implementing a controversial testing threshold. It essentially meant samples in potentially thousands of cases would go untested. I don't know what the motive was. I didn't ask. I didn't care. But it seemed to me that speed of returning results to police was everything. The faster you get the results back to police, the better you look. And everything was sacrificed for that. The Commissioner is hopeful the unsolved murder of 23-year-old Mackay woman Shandy Blackburn can now be solved through retesting of samples. He said her case played an extraordinary and pivotal role in the exposure of the failings. Shandy was brutally murdered as she walked home from work in 2013. Her former partner, John Peros, was charged and acquitted of the crime by a jury. A coroner later found he did kill Shandy. The DNA bungle in her case was first exposed in the Australian's podcast Shandy's Story. Shandy's mum, Vicky, shares the commissioner's hope that her daughter's killer will finally be brought to justice. Here she is speaking to reporter Lydia Lynch. It's been nearly 10 years and there's been a lot of water under the bridge and, and still no justice for Shandy, so it's it's harder and harder to keep optimism going. However, there's so many people that haven't pulled up stumps on that hope yet and everybody's still committed to trying to get that outcome. So we're hanging in there for that as well. Walter Sofronoff dedicated the inquiry's findings to Shandy's memory. Shandy always fought for the underdog. She always had an allegiance, you know, with anybody who felt out of place and didn't get consideration like others. So for her name now to have, or her memory to have been the instigator of all of this, for people who have been denied justice, I think that especially would mean a lot to her. Stay with us after the break, whistleblower Dr Kirsty Wright, who put her career and reputation on the line. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. The advice that I asked many times was that we are in accordance with all of our accreditation and standards, that what we are doing 
is in line with other jurisdictions uh, and that uh, we were dealing with a disgruntled employee. The people who claimed that she was a disgruntled employee should give her an apology. I acted on the advice that I was given, um, but um, clearly that advice was yeah, completely wrong. I was being lied to. So um, that is very unfair that she's been patented in that light as a consequence. She's the unassuming forensic biologist who would expose one of the most egregious scientific bungles in Australia's history. Dr Kirsty Wright first raised her concerns about the lab's testing practices in the Australian's podcast Shandy's Story. It was by pure happenstance that creator Hedley Thomas sought out her expertise via a Google search in 2021. This week, following a multi-million dollar commission of inquiry, she's been vindicated. Dr Kirsty Wright joins me now. Kirsty, you said recently that you considered the day you finished giving evidence at the inquiry Freedom Day. How are you feeling now that the findings of that inquiry have been made public? Is today Vindication Day? Uh, I think I'm still quite overwhelmed with just the scale of the recommendations, the scope. I mean, this is a, a seismic shift in the way forensic analysis will be done in Queensland. And I think the report highlights just so many wrongdoings in terms of the mismanagement and the deception. It still staggers me. You've never made this personal about Kathy Allen, the woman who was in charge of the laboratory, but Walter Sofronoff has absolutely sheeted the blame home to her. He's accused her of lying to her staff, to police, to her bosses, to the government, uh, and then lying to him at the Commission of Inquiry. What does it say that one individual can have so much power over a part of the justice system that's so important? In one of the earlier episodes of Headley's podcast, I discussed the concept of the Jesus nut and I said that it's a term with a helicopter, the rotor is held on by one nut and it's a catastrophic failure point that if that one thing fails, the rotor will fall off and the helicopter will crash. And And I think we've found the Jesus nut, not only Shandy's case, but this entire debacle. Mm. You're right, Claire, how does one person, one single point of failure, how is that allowed to persist for so long with such devastating consequences? And I hope this is a, a learning for the government and the, and the public sector about how to ensure that there's uh, mechanisms in place moving forward to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Now, I know you're still digesting this epic report, just like we are at The Australian, and there's a lot to read. It's more than 500 pages. You've said on a number of occasions that you felt the lab was broken and that it needed to be shut down. The Commission has recommended a whole new structure where the lab is taken out of the Department of Health and essentially recreated as an independent agency. Does that satisfy you? Is that enough? Oh, look, I'm so pleased that that has been one of the recommendations made by the Commissioner. It just doesn't align with Queensland Health and, and the way that it does its business. It is something that needs to be treated in a way of, of not trying to get results out quickly. It's not about treating all samples or all evidence entirely the same way. So that recommendation provided me with enormous relief. It's going to be a new beginning uh, with new managers, new scientists, and I really like the recommendations, which include the oversight, the advisory board, and that 
other stakeholders such as the police and people representing the criminal justice system will have active involvement in that as well. So no longer will we have this secluded little group of scientists that wield so much power. Rightfully, it will be people representing the entire criminal justice system. Now, in relation to the case that brought us all here, Shandy Blackburn's case, you found significant failings in the way evidence was processed in that matter. What happens now in Shandy's case? There's no relief for the Blackburns. I think a lot of us were hoping this report might provide some relief, but essentially the Blackburn search for justice continues. It's clear from the report that there was absolutely a litany of errors and issues in relation to the testing of Shandy's samples, including possibly the loss of DNA when it should have been recovered. And what wasn't included in the report, Claire, was the lab's failure to match the DNA of two key suspects to crime scene evidence. And in the documents that I reviewed, it confirmed my concern there. So the lab wasn't matching suspects' DNA to crime scene evidence, at least in Shandy's case, and and we don't know how many other cases as well. But we have to be mindful that the coronial investigation is ongoing, so there's still a lot of work to do there. Dr Kirsty Wright is a forensic biologist and Hedley Thomas's collaborator on The Australian's podcast, Shandy's Story. You can hear detailed analysis of those findings by Hedley Thomas, David Murray, Matt Condon and me in new episodes of Shandy's Legacy. They'll be released later this week and you can find them wherever you got this podcast. And you can read all our analysis right now at theaustralian.com.au. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.